You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Time here, and we are back. Hey, it's your <laughs> boy Tom here, and we are back with another episode of Cinnamon Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas, fellas, I feel like a Dalmatian in here because it is 101 podcasts for us. How was your weekend? Ah, uh-huh. Gary, you wanna you wanna go first? Yeah, my weekend was uh was fine. No, Didn't no, really no, no, no high school football. No, it's over. Season oh. is over, so now I did all my. Uh, I did some over the week. I did the uh, pickle pickling. I canned some pickles and made some homemade pickles. I'll be able to try them in two weeks. <laughs> wait, so uh, wait, weren't, weren't we also supposed to have a live eating of an orange today? Well, we were supposed to, but uh, we, some two people on the uh, podcast. I'm not going to mention any names. D'Angelo and Time um, wanted to push the podcast back. <laughs> a little bit so it's dark right now i can't do anything yeah you get a little behind the scenes right now because i can't show you because wow. they wanted to push things back and change things today they wanted to go early instead of filming on monday they wanted to film sunday night for some reason so uh so we I pushed it back show. but forward <laughs> yeah you pushed it back you changed the whole schedule of the podcast <laughs> on me at last minute so I cannot show that to you. We'll have to say that for next week. There are oranges, though, out there on all my trees. And uh, so I did some pickling, though. I did that. I did some bread and butter. I did some kosher dill. Um, so in two weeks, I'll get to eat them and see how they went. What, what the hell is bread and butter? You've never heard of the little the chips? The little chips of bread and butter? They go on sandwiches that you put on sandwiches, like a hamburger? you talking about the, the, the slices? Yeah, like they're like that. Yeah, I, I made those and I made beers <laughs> too. They're called pickle slices. No, they're <laughs> they're called. That's the flavor is bread and butter. And then there's kosher dill as kosher well. Time, have you ever heard of bread and butter? Yeah, I've heard of bread and butter. Before. Yeah, that's that rich stuff. That's what that is. I just made it. That's not rich. It's actually the opposite of rich if you're making your own. <laughs> you're growing it and making it. It's the opposite of rich. Is it? I think it's not the opposite of rich because it's like you have the time and effort. You're living available. off the land. Yeah, but you have the land available to make it. Uh, you know, because you got to think about it. You know, people that don't have money are going to McDonald's to get a dollar cheeseburger that has pickles I, I live, on it. I live on public land. There's nothing I can do there. You live on public land? You don't own the land you live on? Nobody owns the land they live on. The government uh, always owns it. I was Get just going to say, oh, you're trying to win on technicality. Okay. Yeah, you never actually own it. Why? Because you have to pay taxes? You have to pay those property taxes. You don't pay them. You lose it no matter what. <laughs> what, what you never what? technically own your property, so you are always on public land. So, so hold up, Gary. So did y'all have y'all exit meeting yet? What exit meetings? I don't do exit meetings. I have, um, what exit meetings? So, so hold up, hold up, hold up. You've been a dedicated coach all year, and then at the Correct. end of the season, y'all don't do like an exit meeting, like, hey. The coaches do with the kids. I, I Are you not a coach? I'm taking my kids to do something later. Translation, mm-hmm. no, I ain't do shit for them. 
No, the guard, uh, we already have we already had the set date because they had to they had to let me know when they were all available. So we're gonna go do something on on a uh, Saturday soon. I'll, you'll be updated because I'll be part of my weekend when that time comes. Speaking of doing something, whenever you guys did the escape room, did you guys get escape? We did. We made it out with literally two seconds left. Wow. How many how many uh, clues did you use? Yeah, how many hints? So they don't really – so the one we went to doesn't really – you don't ask for a hint. I guess they sort of just give you things as you go. So we're going to have to change that because if I do another one with them at some point, there will not be any hints because this wasn't a place where, hey, you have to ask for a hint. They basically try to help you along or whatever, but I didn't really like that aspect. You know, it. It. Hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. You so had about on. three kids that literally did nothing for the team. Best, <laughs> what's the best escape room you've been to, Gear? Where best? was it? Yeah, where was it and what theme was it? Oh, that's tough. They have a really good one in Cleveland. I did. I don't remember the theme. I think honestly, my favorite one might have been the one How I do did. I do not remember the theme. That's like the whole thing. Because <laughs> I've been to so many. Oh, I've been really? to like seven with D'Angelo and Charlotte. So, like, I've been to like four in Cleveland. I've been to a couple down here. I think my favorite though was probably Salem, Mass. It was during Halloween, and it was like a. Uh, it was like a zombie breakout was going to happen if this thing leaked out. And you had to find out the thing to, like, purify the room of everything. And it's there's two different room areas. That was really good. But the one we did, I think, in Cleveland, too, that had, like, it was a horror-themed, which was three different rooms, was awesome. Where we had to, like, crawl into a secret back room. D, remember, it was... You walk in, you, first you sit down, they bring you in, and you had to walk through a hallway. There was a, a, a room with, with like a baby care, uh, cradle. There was a hidden room you had to find and get into. And then there was another room, and then there was a third room, too. So technically four if you count the hallway. That one was really cool. I like the horror-themed escape rooms, though, where it's like, where it's like that verse, or even like a mystery type. I don't really care for like, the jungle themes and stuff like that because i've done a couple of those and those aren't as intriguing to me i like you have to work oh gosh if you don't make it out you get you, you die basically <laughs> no i think because it, it builds more attention to it like we did one where it was a bank heist or whatever in cleveland and like you had to try and get the money out of the bank and everything but like okay what happens like to me there's like no, no repercussions if you don't make it well, Gary, you're not actually going to die. I know, but it just, but the feeling of doing it makes it like it. Because you don't want to let everybody else down. Unless you want to sign up for that. That's some Squid Game stuff. And you're like, you know what? If I don't how make much, it out of How much money? How much money? You say you, you would really do it for an amount of money? No. No, that's what I was thinking. I'll tell you my favorite one that I've ever done before is a uh, playground one. And it's the reason I, I've done a few different escape rooms as well. And the reason I like this one is because it... It wasn't just like puzzles and figuring out stuff. There was actually like physical activities you had to do. Like there was like a cornhole challenge, a golf challenge that you had to uh, get all wrapped up. Because and it's like an, and it takes place and you start out in the school classroom, you break out into the playground. There's like slides and then there's like a locker room uh, section. But it's just really cool because it's it's more than just the you know puzzles and finding stuff. There's actual like activity that you have to do to as part of getting getting out. Uh, what about you, D'Angelo? 
Man. <laughs> so, <laughs> mine comes with the story, okay? Doesn't it always? <laughs> well, it comes with the story because it was the worst thing. We've done, we, we have in like an escape room team. Gary, you've obviously heard this story. You I'm, know what I'm story part of it. Get out of here. Yeah, you are part of it. Were, were, you, were you really in the room? I don't know. It depends on the story you're about to tell. Okay. All right. I, I, maybe you was there. Maybe you wasn't. All right. So the name of this room was like Cyclone, uh, like Cyclone uh, Affairs or something like that. And um, we didn't know anything about the room. We had no idea because whenever we normally do rooms, we ask about it. But this particular day, we didn't ask about it. We was like, hey, my wife booked it. And we were like, hey, we're going to do this room. It's called uh, Cyclone Affairs. You know, okay, cool. Nobody knew what this room was about. But we we had an idea that this room is about cyclones, right? Like you, 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 it's in the name. It's easy. Man, we get to this and you know how they do like the prep work. We get there. And uh, when we get there, this uh, lady comes in and she goes, hey, you know, we had a disgruntled worker. Gary, was you here for this one? It's might. No, I don't think it was. We got a, we got a disgruntled worker, man, and you know he's out in the lobby right now, and he's threatening to shoot people. And <laughs> my wife goes like, "Right now?" She was like, "Yeah, like right now." And everybody like, "Oh snap, we got to get up out of here." She was like, "No, nah, uh, uh-uh, we we can't go anywhere, not yet. You guys got to sit in here and you got to chill. We'll get it taken care of." You know, he, you know, he's been coming back and forth and he's been threatening us and stuff like that. So she goes out of the room. And so when she goes out of the room, we're all in there trying to discuss, like, how the hell we're going to get up out of here. And then the guy walks in that she described. And he's, he was like, hey, man, you know, I'm a big fan. And I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do? Like, this guy, he's obviously the disgruntled worker because, I mean, we've. I heard them talk about it. Well, come to find out, man, it was the setup for the damn uh, room. The room had nothing to do with Cyclones, bro. Nothing to do with it at all. It had everything to do with what they were setting up. It was like it was a disgruntled worker. You was a disgruntled worker. You going in and you kind of like disabling and doing stuff with the room. But because we had no idea what the room was for or what it was doing, it had us going because we thought it was actually really happening right there. So that's why it was the best room because that the was not for that. Certain... I remember y'all telling me that one. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh it was incredible. <laughs> no, I, I definitely think it that's an interest. I think when they can set up a uh a good story for the room. It just makes the experience so much better because if you don't have a good story, you just say, "Hey, go in there and figure it out." Well, now you're not engrossed in it. You're not. You're not going to enjoy it as much. Versus, there's a story behind it. It's pretty cool. Like the one, like I'll even say the story that we did with the kids, which I did with the kids, were great because the story was basically you're on a flight and you're flying over the Bermuda Triangle and uh, something goes wrong and then you the pilot's gone. 
and you find out and you're trying to figure out what's going on, why the pilot's gone, what are you going to do, how are you going to do all that kind of stuff. And then you're flying the Bermuda Triangle. And once you figure out you got to open the door to get to the cockpit, well, once you do that, basically, you're transported to the jungle because the Bermuda Triangle brought you to the jungle. So now you're in the jungle trying to figure out the theme of how you're getting out of this room and get back because you got to figure out what who the pilot is and what happened, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's it was an interesting story. And the whole thing is you got to figure all that stuff, put everything back in the cockpit, and then you got to get back in your seats and close the door once you get everything needed. And then that's how you you survive once you find out who it was. Uh, okay. So it was, an, it was an interesting one. It was a cool little story. And I think that's the thing that ties in because if you don't have a good story, then it's, it's not, you're not going to have as much fun. I, I okay. want, there's one thing I want you guys to help me with real quick when it comes I, to I these gotta... escape rooms. Well, this okay. is still doing the escape rooms. So have you – so it sounds like you guys have done a few. Have yes. y'all ever noticed, like, every time, doesn't matter <laughs> what different group you go with, it seems like there's someone that always plays the same roles. There's somebody that don't do shit, and there's yep. somebody that, you know, just, just gets in the way. There's always that one person who misses a clue on their part of the room somehow. You know, because I don't know about y'all, but like a lot of times you break up to different parts of the room, starts yep. looking for stuff. There's somebody that don't go through their shit. There's always somebody that's trying way too hard. And yeah. then there's always somebody that is just lost as hell that it brings you a clue that y'all figured out 15 minutes ago. <laughs> well, I, mean, yeah. I had I had three of the same with mine. Three of them did absolutely <laughs> not brought nothing to the table. They were just uh-huh. in the way of the whole time. And didn't do anything while everybody else was figuring it out. So so this is what I got a problem with altogether. And and I'm assuming this is where it started at. I'd like to think Escape Room started with Indiana Jones and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Because those were all pretty much like modern day escape rooms. What bothers me about it is, is like everything that we use to survive right now to this day we've turned it into a game running psych like all the things all these sporting activities we've turned it into a game in a way of us for us to be like oh man like uh like these people that run marathons like what's the point of running a marathon somebody explain to me what joy you get out of for running 26 miles plus like it, w- there's no survival there. This and you're saying that this is fun. How? Somebody explain that to me, Gary. You, can you explain that to me? How how running is fun? I hate running. Running's the worst thing ever. Uh, and I I, under- I agree with you. I think we've turned everything into like a competition. Even, even like- fighting, even fighting, like the fight and fight response. We've turned it into a a, a place where we can we can enterprise it. Where well, you also have like trying to survive. You have Survivor. They made a TV show out of it. Yeah. They had Naked and Afraid, all those type of shows. Like if you got stranded out here, you got to survive. How would you do it? All of it's a show now. Like it's entertainment. So I think they've turned all these crazy things into think it's entertaining, but at the same time, it's I guess I a lot of the stuff I think you see on these things, if you tried and it actually happened to you, I don't know if it'd actually help you. I think it'd probably hinder you most of the time. Under excess, except for like maybe the hardcore survivor show, not survivor, but like I would think naked and afraid. Some of that stuff is real stuff they do because they're teaching you how to start a fire, that kind of stuff that you might not even still be able to do on your own in the wild. I don't, 
I I wouldn't. We got to stop. We got to stop and and encouraging these people to put shows like this together, man, because it's starting to ruin us now. Uh, you know, because you have just random people on the street ask you, "Hey, man, you like to run? Do it look like I like to run? Like, look at I me. Mean, you, I mean, you technically were no. a professional runner. I was a professional running back. It was quick. It wasn't an endurance. You weren't an endurance athlete. Everything was quick and punchy. I, I mean, there's a lot of people. I, I know a lot of runners, man, and a lot of the runners that I know are always talking about how therapeutic it is for them to get out there, man, and grind out some, some, some miles. And I'm like, dude, you know, every pro come with a con, and that con is is that every runner I know too also has knee joint and hip issues uh, as they move along. But I, I'm not even going to dive into that. I, I want to get back on to what we did this weekend. Gary, was that all you did this weekend? Yeah, I didn't really do much. Oh, man. I I, I feel bad for you, man, because I did a lot this weekend. I did a lot. Uh, can, can we, are we, are we, we at me? Cause I got a, I got a bunch of questions. You always have a bunch. It's, it is the same half the time. In terms of, 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 of what you do, how you would do it and, uh, how you would move forward. Um, let's go. Let's, let's, let's talk about dogs real quick because, uh, we had, uh, we went to an event this weekend and, you know, it was a few people that brought their dogs, um, uh, and, you know, obviously everybody dogs like uh, getting along and it's like all fun and games. But every now and then, you know, you might get that one dog that's just like, you know what? I'm sick of your shit. I'm going to do a little something extra. And then before you know it, you know, it's dogs fighting. Well, <laughs> is that good, huh? Bro. <laughs> What in the world? I'm sorry. I'm trying to get through it. Okay. So the reason why it's funny is because, bro, these dogs start fighting, right? And I've never been a part of this at all. I'm, I, and it's, I'm giving y'all to say I'm the only black person there. These dogs get to fighting, bro, and everybody's trying to remain calm. Everybody's trying to remain calm. But these two dogs, they fight like motherfucking like. <laughs> Nobody knows who the owner of the dogs are, though. That's what's funny. So we, tr- <laughs> nobody's trying to break up the dog fight, though. Everybody's like, who, <laughs> who dogs, <laughs> who dogs are these? They found out it was the owner of the house, and uh, it was, I guess, one of the owners down the street. But the. The reason why it's funny is because if y'all would have saw these little dogs, man, like they, I'm, I'm like they ain't even hurting each other. But it was they made it seem like it was like a really big deal, man. It was funny. It was one of those things where I guess you had to be there. Yeah, it's <laughs> you guys, you guys had to be there. It had to be one of the things where you guys had to be there. So we went to the event and um, it was absolutely amazing, man. The the event was they they. You had an opportunity. It was like on like this old farm. What's or, it called? I I don't know, Gary. If I'd have known, I would have just called it by the name that, instead of me saying the I event. Don't know if you would have, but okay. Yeah. Well, it it was it was where you could churn like your own corn off the cob. You can make your own apple juice. 
Like it was like all the like old equipment that they used back in the days. Like so you go went for to a rich person thing that yeah. Gary would go to for making their making their own apple juice and making their own pickles and making their own corn. Living off the right? land. So you want to get a taste of what the rich people do. I, I see what you're saying, D'Angelo. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Well, I went and I thought it was absolutely amazing, man. Uh, they had a fire burning outside, like an old barn type of area and stuff like that. Um, I was able to go for a ride before uh, that that absolutely like it it crushed me it crushed me but uh during the, this weekend i got locked into a conversation that i thought was a very interesting conversation and i put it in group chat and i i i'd love to hear what you guys think so um it this could be a friend of a family member this can be a uh 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 uh, uh, uh maybe a family member uh, it could be uh, a loved one of a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a sister or a coworker at work. So the question is this. When you have, uh, let's just say one of your friends. If, you, if one of your friends, parents or their friends passed away and you've never met them or never been involved with them or didn't even really know their name, do you think you should go to that person's funeral? in support of your friend well i would say first if you don't know their parents and th- then they're not really a friend because most people you know their parent your parents friends if you're that cl- good of a friend and i think most people that you're friends with aren't going to expect you to come to a funeral if you've never met the person personally i don't think they're going to s- extend the invite to you because it's not if they you don't know them, what reason now i think when your question, if it was like a loved one, like if it was somebody you're, you're in a relationship with, and it was somebody that yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you an example. In time, I, I hate to use this as an example, but this will make sense. If time, let's not even say time. Let's say, uh, I can't, I can't even. I can't even think of an example. It would be it would the example would be something similar to uh I can't even just say like like your friend's cousin or something. Somebody that lives in Or your friend's mom. Or your friend's mom. Yeah, but I've met all my friend's mom. So that's you okay. So so with that being said I would consider a close friend, yes. I've met most of their moms. So you so you've met Tom's mom? Oh through here, yes. She's been on on our podcast. Yeah, I've not met her in person. No. Okay. All right. So, so the the the, the point would be this: it's a friend of yours. You ain't necessarily gotta have met them, but maybe had conversations with them through the phone or whatever. They parent passed away. Do you go to the funeral to support that friend? I think you can. You can if you want. You see what I'm saying now? I don't think you're required to. I don't think no. you should feel you sh- I don't feel like you should feel like you have to go. I feel right. like if, if you want to, that's up to you, but I don't feel like you should feel bad if you don't go. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I got from it. So as I was listening to this conversation, uh I was I was like um I've not met all of my friends' mom and their dad. I have not. 
But in the event that if one of them was to go down, I would think and I would always think that as a friend, I would go and I would support them because they just lost a parent. However, after thinking about it, after having this conversation, it makes no sense at all. Uh, because if you've never met their parent and they pass away, like what kind of support are you giving them going to the funeral versus you giving them a call and saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I apologize. This has happened. This is awful. You know, I'm there if you need me, you know, uh, and whatever conversation you give them after that. Because if you go to the funeral, you're not going to talk to them during the funeral. They're going to obviously see you and you just another person there. But then, like, I mean, it's just it's, it's kind of a catch 22 because you can't. Uh, and my wife was saying because I, I had this conversation with her. She was saying, well, you know, it's some people that, you know, it's a big deal to them because maybe maybe if they didn't know a lot of people, then, uh you know, people come to support the person and then, you know, it look like a lot of people. And I was like, well, then that's fake. Like, right. you don't want that. So I, I was like, and she was like, yeah, you know, maybe they got a point. I'm like, well, they, they kind of do. So I've been a proponent of, and this is why it bothered me and I wanted to have this conversation is because I'm a firm believer that in the event that if somebody in the NFL lose a parent, that the team need to send somebody out uh, on behalf of the team, uh, representing the team, you know, sh- representing they, you know, condolences and stuff like that. I'm huge for that. But after hearing this, I'm not so much of a, I, I don't, it makes no sense to me now because the person that they come in to, to see or hang out with or, or send their condolences to, they have no idea who that person is in that casket. No idea. Never met them in their life. Like, so when, when you say support, like, what kind of support are we talking here? Well, I would think that if if, if you have a if you got invited to a funeral, you would you if that person touched your life in some way, and it was like a friend's parent or grandparent, and you knew them, then and they affected you some way, then I think you have you you should go. But if they didn't, and you don't know them, I feel like you're not wrong for not going because, like you said, there's not really anything you can do to help. Now, if you said like. And I'll use your mom, for example, because you said with the team. Right. right. So Same your mom, around. your mom was huge with Carolina. She did stuff on the field to hammer the NFL wore pink because of you and all and everything you did. And then if that was the whole reason all that started. So do I think the NFL or a team should have sent something for that? Yes, because of what impact you made and she made on the league itself. And on the team, 100% yes, because of it, there was an impact that they touched so many people and helped so many people. It That is the right thing to do. Now, if there was no touch, nothing. Well, why is it the right thing to do, though, Gary? They, they have no idea who my mom is. No, so, they should, so, somebody that should go that did know your mom. That's what I'm saying, from the NFL or from the, the Panthers, that type of thing, using that example, because there was people that interacted with her and spent time with her and did stuff with her during all that, during everything that was going when she was on the field and all that kind of stuff. Easily, any one of those people could have went. They could have sent that person that has met her, and then now they've had somebody go to represent the team that actually knows her, that was affected by it, and then it, 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 I think that it would show the support that you would have needed at that time. Okay, so so this is why, this is why even this whole entire conversation came up, and 
it's it's really funny that you took it there because it's it's been a while and I feel like it's gonna be a touchy subject, but I I, I want to touch on it, but don't want to touch on it. So you said that my mom impacts some lives, right? She passed away, mm-hmm. and that you know some people that did know her. Now, as it relate, and I know you're gonna try to separate it because you're talking about celebrity, but um, when celebrities pass away, they obviously have impacted people's lives, not from a personal standpoint but from maybe an artistic standpoint, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, what are you, what are you saying there? Because obviously those people right there, I didn't impact your life in a way that I've impacted the lives of my family and my true friends. So is there a line that you crossed there? Or is it just something that comes with the territory? Well, Since it's like, based off, based off what you said. Yeah. If it was like a celebrity aspect, then you still, if somebody wants to go because they were affected because they're artistic or whatever, or something they it impacted the way, we'll use Chadwick Boseman for example. Right. If people wanted to attend his funeral because he was he impacted so many people through after they found out what he was living with and going through and still being able to succeed, if people wanted to go and show that support, there should be no issue with that. I don't think there should be an issue because, again, they were impacted in a different realm. Now, if, I think that if you were just impacted, oh, he made a really good movie, I want to be there for him, or he's a reality star, I want to be there for their funeral. That's different because, to me, that's not really imp- – I guess it could impact you, but I don't know how it would unless it truly impacted your everyday life and made you think things or do different things and stuff like that. I don't think – just seeing a movie or seeing somebody from something like that would make you be impactful in your life. I personally. So you sound like you sound like I did. So so this weekend, uh, and then I'm a I'm gonna finish my weekend out. I, I finally got an opportunity to watch Well, hold uh, on. I wanna, I wanna hear Time's thoughts on that. Oh no, this but, is this is still my week. Okay. This no, I, I wanna weekend. hear him about the about the funeral thing though. Oh, this, okay. Okay. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, yeah, so with that, for me, I guess it comes down to does your friend ask you to come? Because, you know, at that point... Well, why, it, why would your friend ask you to come, though? You don't know this person. Right, and, well, I, but I'm saying but they might that, want that, you there just because they need... Maybe they're the type of person that likes to have their friends there with them to to lean on or support or just to feel comfort with your presence. So uh, pl- playing the other way before you continue. So what if, would you feel a certain type of way if you knew that person's parent or family member and they told you don't come to the funeral or you don't need to come, would you feel a negative way because you knew the other person and stuff like that? Would you feel the opposite? Would you feel disrespected now that you didn't want them at the funeral? Well, no, that, well, that's what I'm saying. If you know them and then it, it would, it just seems like it'd be weird if they would say don't come. Um, so I don't really know what type of relationship that would have to be to where somebody's well, not, I'm, I'm not, not saying they don't come. Maybe they just they don't say anything about it. Like they don't post about it like everybody does. Right. They don't make okay. it known. They just do their own little thing. Right. Would you feel a certain type of way if you didn't get to go and pay your respects? I, no. That ain't, that ain't no, even well, the question. That ain't even the question, Gary. The question. The question is this. The, the, the question is this. Uh, Tom, if you have something major happen in your life, the passing of a loved one, you're going to have those. This, that's going to happen. We all going to die. Right. That's going to happen. In the event of passing of a loved one, is there certain friends that you're depending on or that you know they better be there or it's going to be the end of your friendship? 
Um, well, here's the thing about that Ooh, is uh, no. Ty, you ain't answered it like I thought you was gonna answer that. No, player. no, Whoa. no, no, no. Here's the thing about that is like I understand that there's a lot of life that people are living and circumstances, yeah. and with you yeah. know, lots of my friends live in different states, and so you know, that's one thing you have to play into it. Like maybe somebody can't get off work maybe somebody doesn't have the funds to go somewhere or maybe somebody doesn't have the ability to travel for a funeral but you know if you're everyone's in the same town and you know your your mom or dad had an effect on one of your friend's life and they're that they're there and they don't come then i would probably feel some type of way about it but i understand that like you know life happens and there's but, you know, to, to me, because there's other ways, because, you know, like Gary even mentioned, he doesn't even like going to funerals in the first place. Um, but he was still there for his family, even if he wasn't necessarily at the funeral. So I think there's a certain level of being there for someone that you can have by, you know, being around and still not necessarily be at the actual uh, funeral. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> This weekend, I'm I'm sitting around, and I I've always told myself, um, you know, there's a there's a million documentaries on Lance Armstrong. There's a ton of them. Uh, I I didn't watch any one of them. I said, hey, I I I told myself, I said, if I ever get an opportunity, uh, I I won't watch any of Lance Armstrong documentaries until I get an opportunity to meet Lance Armstrong. If I got an opportunity to meet him. Well, I had an opportunity to meet him on one of these rides that I went on, and I thought he was a good guy, like a Humble great brand. guy. Uh, yeah, got an opportunity <laughs> to meet him. So after meeting him, this was my weekend where I didn't have anything that I have to do necessarily. I had a couple events that I had to go to, but like I had an opportunity that I could sit aside this hour or two. I can dive into these documentaries, and boy, was I pissed. I'm talking about very pissed because it was very similar to what Gary said on the uh, how impactful can, you know, maybe athletes or professional athletes at different sports are depending on what they go through. But it was this one particular lady that said that she knew that he was doping. And she was like, I can't believe this fraud is getting away with it. Like she was like, it was so disgusting. It hurt her. And, like, she was, like, it was just really affecting her life. And I'm trying to figure out, like, I, I, I love sports more than anybody else, okay? Whether it's swimming, whether it's any, anything competitive, I'm watching it. But I'm not locked into it enough to where if there's some cheating going on that it's going to affect my life or my health like that. So it's 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 really interesting because there's people out there that really take their sports like way too serious. Well, again, that gets into what we've talked about multiple times. The fandom people have for teams or players ruins their logical thinking because they have such a huge fandom for things. You see it all the time with Michael Jordan, LeBron. You see it with time and the Panthers. You see it with so many different things. <laughs> like people are just blinded by their fandom or how much they this player or person means to them that no matter what happens, anything they do is going to truly affect them. People are that way with politicians too. It makes no sense that you get so tied to somebody like that. I don't know what 
I don't know why that happens. I think it's different because most of them, they're not like, I guess for him with Lance Armstrong, his whole thing was he beat cancer and he was able to do all this. And then now people look at it as like, oh, it's tarnished because he he uh, was doping. Well, he still beat cancer. Like that's the point <laughs> oh, of it. It doesn't saying. matter if he was do- he beat cancer and was Bro, still yeah. able to perform at a high level. People missed the biggest aspect of the whole thing. Bro, I had this conversation with a few of my other friends, Gary, and they were saying that's not the point. The point is, is that he was a beacon for like, hey, look, you know, I beat cancer. Not only did I beat cancer, but I came back and was still successful. And I'm like, yo, again, like you, Gary, I was like, this man beat cancer. And y'all talking about like, he's not a he's not a role model. He's not okay. this. He's not that. And I'm not saying that he yeah. is. Well, he he beat cancer, and he's still raced in the Tour de France. Whether he was doping or not, he was still at that high of a level to be able to do that. That is beating yeah. cancer and living with it and being able to overcome it. If people can't see that, I don't understand. That's Again, that's where the, the, the fandom blinds right. people. They have the blinders. They're a horse. All they see is what they think it is. They don't care about anything else. No, they don't yeah. care about any other facts or any other truths. All it is is this is what I see. This is all I know. And that's how it is. And we want to make sure we let y'all understand that we're not saying that we think it was okay that he was cheating. That's not what we're saying. That's not what we were saying at all. In fact, it's actually, it's awful. Uh, And, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was bad for the, the, for cycling, but I can tell you this, and this is why another thing that bothered me and that I didn't know. So before I was, before I watched the documentary, I wasn't aware that, it was other people other than Lance Armstrong that was doping. It was the entire U.S. postal team. The entire team was doping. And the reason why I came back to Lance, and I'm pretty sure, like I don't know if you guys have seen Money Heist, but I'm pretty sure at some point when they were all doping, they were all in the room together, and somebody said, I I can see it now. I can see it now. Hey. If anybody get caught, you got to go down by yourself. Don't take nobody else with you. And I'm pretty sure they all looked around and they they shook their head. Yeah, we're going to all go down by ourselves. We'll never take anybody else down, especially you, Lance. We good. They probably high-fived, had a drink, laughed it off, and they thought it was going to be good. Well, the smaller guys before Lance started to get popped. And as they was getting popped, they was bringing Lance Armstrong name up. He never tested positive Gary at all but he came out he said when he came out and admitted that he had taken the performance enhancing drugs he lost 75 million dollars that day and somebody said what would you have done I said look all I owe the truth to is my wife and kids you're going to accuse me of being a doper anyway I'm, I can live with that plus this 75 million dollars that I didn't lose for admitting that I took it. I said, I, I, you look at Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa right now. We don't know for sure whether they doped or whether they didn't dope. But it's going to follow them for the rest of their careers or as long as they're alive or for as long as baseball is being talked about. And it's Barry gonna be Bonds sa- as well. Right, Barry Bonds as well. Uh, it's going to be the same way with Lance Armstrong and all those guys that won all those titles. Back in those days, 
That's just what was going on at that particular time. So it's not going to go away. But what is going to go away is that $75 million when he said, yeah, I did that. That ain't ever coming back. He ain't getting that back. That's gone. So because of that, I'm. I, it was shocking to me that the 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 guys got popped, and when they got popped, they just immediately started talking. I was, I, it blew me away, blew me away, because I know for a fact somewhere down the road they all got together and agreed that hey, if we get caught, we're going down on our own and we ain't saying nothing, and they were the first ones to squeal. Well, you know, it's funny that you say this because this kind of ties into something I wanted to bring up about remaining guilty or admitting something or, uh, you know, or remaining silent, I should say, whether or not you're guilty. So I'm not sure if you guys have seen the whole Dave Fortnoy, uh, the founder and president of Barstool, that whole situation where Business Insider, um, this journalist started digging around in his life. She did some research for eight months, uh, came up with two stories of women who said that uh, apparently maybe he had some, you know, extra rough, extracurricular activities that they didn't like, blah, 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 blah. Never went as far as to say that, you know, he committed rape or anything like that, but just painted the very bad picture of him. Um, And, you know, essentially it looks like a hit piece trying to, you know, assassinate his character. Well, anybody that knows Dave Portnoy or follows Barstool knows that he is just like very much upfront out there and like will put everything out there for the whole world to see. So he has been going to bat, like just trying to defend himself. He's been like looking up uh, Instagram exchanges between the two women that he, he, you know, or that they mentioned in the article. And just like he put on this full like hour long press conference the other day where he like shows proof of why these women are lying. And a bunch of people are getting on his case saying that he sounds more guilty because he's trying to defend himself so much. So I want to get y'all's opinion. Do you seem more guilty if you remain silent? Because he said that's what his lawyers told him to do. His lawyers said, don't say anything. Just let it go away. But he said that's not how he operates. He wanted because he knows he's you know not guilty. So he wants to do everything he can to prove that. So what do you think is the best way to handle that sort of situation? Well, I think in today's society, no matter what it is, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you defend yourself, you're guilty. If you don't say a word, you're guilty. And I think that's the sad part, and that's in everything. You see it with every situation, not just a exchange between women, woman and man, nothing like that, just in general terms. If you, you are guilty until you're proven innocent nowadays. I think that's the sad part because like lawyers will always say, don't say anything. But every time people don't say anything, they say, oh, he's guilty. He's guilty. Why didn't he say anything? Why doesn't he clear his name? But when people try to clear their name, it's, oh, he's saying too much. He's doing too much. He's definitely got something to hide. And that's the thing is you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's, it's a sad situation we're in because it used to be innocent until proven guilty. Now it's guilty until proven innocent. When, when was it ever innocent until proven guilty, Gary? It's, it's supposed to be. I'm not saying it has been. I'm saying at least oh, okay. the last – the last five years has gotten so much worse than what it used to be. Obviously, it all came with social media because now everybody uh, everybody has a voice. Everybody can say whatever they want, and now everybody can just believe in me and everything. So I think okay. that's where it all really started there. So I'm going to be honest with you. At first time, I thought it was a clever thing. I was like, oh, this man is absolutely 
brilliant. He's absolutely amazing. And I will never, ever, ever see this again. This is awesome. This is what I mean by this is awesome. This was the first time that I've ever seen somebody go to bat, go to court with the public versus going to the court through the actual courtroom. You know, when you go through the courtroom, you know, you found innocent or you found the guilty and there's no evidence. There's no nothing for the public to really see to go in and judge it where he had he gave the public the opportunity. He opened up the case to the public and the public absolutely gave him everything he didn't want. And I didn't know that it was going to go like that because I thought he had enough information to defend himself and had a great case. But I guess it's easier to convince 12 than it is to convince, I guess, the billions that are watching or that are associated with the Internet. So, I again, this was the first time the I saw. Billions right, right. Billions. So this was, nobody ever nobody ever pleads their case to the public. Everybody pleads their case to the judicial system and the public just have to figure out through, you know, leaked documents or leaked pictures or something like that and draw their own conclusion. You know what I'm saying? They don't get the whole thing. Well, this guy Barstool laid it all out there for everybody. Like we all try to do, we all, we all done been there before, tried to solve an unsolved mystery or, well, I bet it was this person. I bet it was that person. Well, he laid all the clues out there. He gave you all the evidence and he allowed you to make the decision for yourself and because he was so innocent, you was like, man, he got to be guilty. He got to be. He got <laughs> because to be. Because he was so innocent. <laughs> because he was so innocent, he got to be guilty. Like, when you get all this information, like, there's too much information. How you going to have all this? Where you even find this at? Like, ain't nobody this thorough. You made this up. Because you just can't handle that much information. And once you get that information, you don't know what to do with it. Because we're not detectives. Detectives, we're not investigators. We shouldn't be doing this from the beginning. So with that being said, let the professionals do their job. Let them do their job. Because when I saw everything that you're talking about right now, Tom, I was like, damn. He look innocent, but like the way everybody talking about, he got to be guilty. He got to be. Well, and his case isn't doesn't help that he already rose people the wrong way with stuff, how, how open he is about everything and how blunt and how crude he can be at times. So he already rubbed some people the wrong way anyways. So this just gives them something, some ammo to throw at him and get more and more people against him as well. Well, I, I haven't seen all of it. I haven't seen any of the information, so I don't know all the details, but I'm just saying in general, I think it, to nowadays you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Either way, it's it's tough. It's a tough situation to be in, and hopefully people don't have to deal with it. Yeah, well, we're we going to have to deal with it. Like, I, I mean, it's just, it comes I'm with I'm talking success. about personally. I'm not talking about uh, other people. I, I, there's nothing I can do about them. Well, you know, it's no, crazy. No. It's like it's like you guys you guys couldn't understand this more than any, anybody, especially anybody that's in my position that's not been a professional athlete. People are trying to extort people like you, you know, especially when you guys first come to the league. Gary, didn't you tell me that they, like, have a special training for you when you come into the league about, like, do's and don'ts when it yeah, comes to – Yeah, they have to- classes. They have people that come in and talk about what you what, pe- what to look out for, things that could happen, things that have happened, and all this kind of stuff just to forewarn people because people come out of the woodwork. They say it all the time if, if you win the lottery – your cousin's cousin's cousin cousin out of the woodwork is coming and asking for something. 
And that's even worse, like when you're in a public eye all the time and everybody sees you and all that kind of stuff, it makes it even worse. And it's hard to spot at times. Yeah. Well, Gary, I want to make sure I clean this up. Yeah. When I say that it's happened in this life, I'm not talking about that situation. I'm talking about accidents. I'm talking yes. about not only not only accidents, but it ain't necessarily got to be an accident. We're in a Sue happy world. Correct. So whatever it looks like right now may not look like what it looked like later because when when you're doing something right now it may not seem like oh okay no harm no foul and then you get back home and you're thinking about it and you're just like huh was i really okay with that uh, and you know you get a couple stories or you get a couple you, you lean one way or another like man you know like you know you go to a doctor and you say hey you know that doctor was rough you and another patient sitting out there and were like, man, this doctor rough as hell. Man, I thought that was I was the only one that felt like that. Like, and before you know it, you know, you you don't develop the pattern. Uh, so it's 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 interesting. It it is. It's a again, it's a tough situation to be in because I mean, life gonna continue and it's gonna forever be a part of life, and it's how you deal with it, which 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 makes it different. Correct. Yeah, but can we can can we talk about Cam? Can we please talk well, about fir- Cam first? Newton. Can I talk about uh, my Packers have won yet again, uh, so I am looking good. Uh, I know the Panthers won. Man, what again, did they, happen they to the Seahawks, bro? What happened to the Seahawks, bro? And then, come on, man, what happened? Steelers to the tied the worst team in the league, bro. What happened with the Seahawks, bro? That's all I'm asking. I thought they was gonna put up a better game, and they didn't score one damn point. Not one. Point, bro. I understand he came back. Wilson came back, and they was like, "Oh, he's gonna be the man. He's gonna be this." Does that that show us right there? You can't take months off or weeks off in this game and expect to come back and still be where you were uh, when you left off last year. Doesn't happen. No, I yeah. agree. I think. Uh, I think. Obviously, it's tough playing that in Lambo. We did it. We went there and actually beat them. Uh, we just ran the ball behind double trouble the whole time, so that happened. And it was snow. They had snow before, and Thunder obviously and they they kept bringing up that all oh, the players are slipping, but that's part of it. That's that's football. I think it's first game back for Russell Wilson. I think he will improve. He obviously, like you said, he's got a little bit of rust. He hasn't played in like four weeks, so he'll be fine. I'm still looking forward to my Packers doing well right now. So I'm looking very good with my money situation from y'all. No, yeah. because what well, he's saying, it's about who goes deeper. And Correct. as D'Angelo just brought up, Superman has come back to town and we go into the Super Bowl. Bus. Look, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Let's let's I'm, I'm going to go real. I'm going to go real in depth and I, and I'm going to be serious. We're going to be, Let's let's just be can, real. Oh, can we time. have can we have time be serious and not have fandom block him? Or yeah, can he, we can we have we, a serious have can we have no, a serious time serious. conversation? And and this is the serious time conversation. This is the greatest heel to face turn I have ever seen in the National Football League. This is a guy that the Carolina Panthers said, "You are not good enough to be our starting quarterback. We don't want you." Okay, you're not good enough. Let's make sure that we look at why they said you are not good enough. You have played for us for 10 plus years. You have only won three in those 10 plus years in the season. I mean, you give us a game here and you flash there and 
You give us moments, but we looking for consistency. We looking for longevity. We looking for things that are going to get us in the playoff consistently, and we want to be a consistent threat in the NFC South. That was not what Cam was uh, when he was there. He was just the dominant player from a standpoint of stature, just in stature alone. He had that one season where he played out of his mind and he was the NFL MVP. I kudos for everything that he's done. He he'll never live up to that 2015 season because he was the NFL MVP. He was young. And now here we are. He's back in Carolina and everybody's like, oh, this is our savior. I'm going to tell you who Cam is. And it's not a bad thing. Cam is not a quarterback that you bring into your program and you get immediate impact where he's winning football games for you. Like Cam Newton is that X factor in winning you football games. That's not, if that's what you're looking for, that's not going to happen. If you're looking for Cam Newton to come in and resurrect Carolina Panthers offense and their defense and resurrect this team and take them to the playoffs, you're looking at the wrong guy. Cam Newton is coming in there. He's back. We're glad that he's back. We're excited that he's back. We're excited that he's back in the end zone. And he gave them that 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 flash that they needed, that energy, because they were they were really teetering low on who the hell they was going to play a quarterback and get guys out there. But he gave them a burst of energy. They won the game. They beat an Arizona team that was minus uh, Kyler Murray. But, you know, it doesn't matter who you – Oh, minus Kyler, starting Colt McCoy, and minus DeAndre Hopkins. Don't get it twisted. That Arizona team would have been beaten by okay, almost okay. anybody in that. Look, NFL. look, look. I, I, I'm just saying they're just going to be those after are, that guy. Those are both offensive players, and we're talking about the Cardinals' defense against Carolina's offense. Carolina's offense still put up a lot of points, so let's not Did let's you not watch the like... game? Did you watch the game? Yeah. Because of turnovers. That is short field. Hey, yeah, they, hey, 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 hey Gary, I'm not hey. even going to argue with that. All I'm saying is, is that I hope Cam, Cam, Cam's fighting against 2015 Cam. Cam's not fighting against Cam's regular going in and being a, a okay quarterback, being a, a good quarterback. Now I'm not going to say okay because he's he's above okay. He's a good quarterback, but you're holding him to an excellent year versus having a good career. And we need to stop that. See, I think the opposite. I honestly, I think he's going to do no wrong in Carolina just because if you saw, okay. no, the only reason here, to the fan base, this I is like it. Go ahead. To I'm the here. fan base, because like you said, the fan base was fine with him being gone because he was not doing well. They, they were a little upset, but once he was gone and did terrible in new England, people were fine. Like, Oh, that's fine. Well, we're going to get better. All that kind of stuff. And like you said, he comes back, all this fanfare, everybody loves it, everybody's cans back, Superman's home, all this stuff. Like he's going to be – I don't think he can do – he could do terrible the whole year, whatever, and they're still going to love it because he came back, even though they were fine with it previous. But because Darnold played so bad recently and he got hurt, they had need something to, to hey, raise their all, spirit. Who is they? Who is they? Because I will say this, Panther I was fans? not – I was not happy when he left. I didn't You're want the only to let one. Him. That's not true. <laughs> no, I, I said people were upset at first, but once they saw how bad he was in New England, people were, had no were, They were fine with it. They were fine moving on. And then now everybody's so happy he's back. That's why I said he can do no wrong because even if he plays terrible, he gave it a boost to the fan base that 
I like you said, I think they think he's going to be the Cam Newton of old, and he's not. He's proven he's not. And, and in that game, P.J. Walker played great. He managed the game. All he had to do is give the ball to McCaffrey. McCaffrey did everything else. The defense played well against Colt McCoy, who I don't think started a game in eight years. Uh, so I can't give you all – you can say your defense played good, but they played Colt McCoy. Like, I, they had short field, uh, easy uh, to score when you're always on the field. Can we, can, we stop, can we stop right there? Can we stop right there? So I, this is an honest question, and, and this is me being as serious as we possibly can, Tom. Be honest, okay? Same thing with you, Gary. Are we we cool with this? We're gonna be honest, right? What Always. other quarterbacks out there other than Cam could the Carolina Panthers have picked up and played this week? Well, Name they played PJ Walker. He he did well for them. He no, was no, actually no, on the I, roster. No, I'm talking about that was at home. What quarterback at None. home other than Cam Newton could have? He didn't came play in? well either. They played PJ Walker. Yeah, yeah. Cam, Cam Newton, Newton played like five snaps. Yeah, but he got in and he played. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, any quarterback can do that. What? No, not any quarterback can do what? that. What? Not, 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 not run, not not run the touchdown like he did. He ran one yard. No, okay, but did you see it? Yes, I did. Gary, did you see him Gary, shake Gary, off the defenders? Gary, what other quarterbacks are out there other than Cam Newton? Cam Newton was at the top of everybody list that lost a quarterback to. Week. And he didn't get picked up anywhere else, is what I'm saying. Well, no, but that's not necessarily true. There were other people talking to him, but he wanted to go back home because oh, he likes. Uh, of course, that's going to be the news out there. <laughs> he never got signed. <laughs> that's like, like I'm saying any quarterback can be picked up. Mike White did it. There's multiple guys that have picked up and showed up they, who's never played a snap, who hasn't done anything, and they can play five, six snaps. It doesn't, that's any quarterback can do that. It, that's not like a special thing. They're making a big deal because he ran a one-yard run. You could have done a QB sneak and probably got it. Uh, and then he threw one pass towards the end zone, and the guy touched it. That's it. That's not, like, asking a lot from a quarterback to come in. Like, he has the ability. There's, that's no doubt. He's 6'6", 230. He's going to be tough to tackle. That's in general. He's a he's a running a big wide receiver slash running back slash tight end playing quarterback. So that I think that's obvious. But – I think we've taken away – you're giving all this credit to Cam. P.J. Walker played a good game, and we don't even want to talk about it. All you want to talk about is Cam. Why Why That's can't P.J. Walker be the ability and play for the rest of the year? Why are we talking about Cam when P.J. Walker's shown when you he's got – he's been able to play well? Does he, he, this game? He, but Damn, you know that, Gary, you okay? You no, I wasn't saying like, – You do know, you do know that Greg, Greg Olson came out and said that was the best thing that ever happened in his career. Respect that, bro. This is literally nothing to do with Cam. This is dream. this is us people taking away credit from other players that deserve it. They don't get it because we all focus on Bro, something. Cam had a great game. You, he he played five snaps. And no. he had two touchdowns in those five snaps. Correct. That's Correct. amazing. Amazing. We, I, I'm glad See, we interviewed him and not the actual starting quarterback. 116.7 QBR rating. That Bro. is much Tom, better than Tom, PJ what he's not understanding is they didn't even interview PJ Walker. They interviewed Cam. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I know that. That's that's the bad thing. Is like PJ and Walker PJ's played the well in the game. Yes, that's the thing that that's what I'm saying. Like they're not giving credit to where it's due. They just want to make another story about Cam because obviously it's the Carolina fan base. They need this. But PJ, you're taking away PJ Walker and McCaffrey played great in this game. 
but we don't want to give that credit. I just, I just, I just disagree with the way because they do it more than just this isn't just Cam. This they do this with other players and stuff as well, and other teams. It just happened to be this is what it was right now. You just don't I, like Cam, bro. I'm just I, saying. I would play with Cam for one year. I have no problem with Cam. I'm just saying after the Buccaneers lost to the Redskins, or I should say the Washington football team today, the Panthers are only two games back. Really? I'm telling yeah. you right now, you guys are not half, making, really? you're not really making the playoffs. You're not making the playoffs. You're not beating the Bucks, and you might not even beat you're the not. Saints. We've already beat the Saints, sir. And, uh, who, who, who'd you lose to, though, in the South? Uh, the Falcons. The okay, track. yeah. The Falcons aren't very good. The Falcons beat the Saints, too. So, uh, what's your point? I still think the Saints are the better t- in that division. Even without the even without the quarterback now, yeah. So 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 Tom, you think it was a good move for for Cam to come back? Oh yeah, we're going we're going to the Super Bowl now. So here's what it is: because not only is Cam, you know, a better quarterback than what we saw on the field these past few weeks, but it's just his leadership ability. Because you guys will admit there's something to the intangibles of, of side of the intangibles. Think about Tom Brady; he's never been necessarily the most gifted. But his intangibles, as far as uh, you know, leadership ability, work ethic. Tom, what the hell are you talking about? Tom is one of the most gifted ones. The fuck I mean, are you talking no, about? No, I'm talking about like like physically. He can't throw the farthest. He doesn't throw the fastest. He doesn't. He can't run. This is not that type of game. Just, just for clarification, accuracy. the leader of the team was Steve Smith, and they got rid of him because they wanted Cam to be the leader. Because Cam <laughs> was not the leader over Steve Smith. I mean, I don't know what you're trying to get through, Tom, but go ahead. Go go ahead. So what you, I'm yeah. saying is, so I think that what are you trying gonna, to say? This is going to rejuvenate the Panthers' locker room. The whole fan base is rejuvenated now, and it's feeling like we were feeling when we were three and zero. Because if you if you asked anybody after you know those terrible weeks where it just looked like one we didn't have an offense, and then for him to come in and then our <laughs> offense looks this good this week. Boy, that Super Bowl See, trophy's got this, my name this is, on it. This is what we were talking about with the, the fandom that blocks them because it has nothing to do with Cam being there. It has to do with Chris McCaffrey being back healthy. That is literally all it has to do with. No, the that's great. That's amazing. Goes You're right. through him. Nobody else goes through McCaffrey. P.J. Walker played great today, and you're taking all that away from I, I, those I two because you want to talk about great. I wouldn't say Matt, why great. did you keep saying P.J. Walker's name? Did you not know Cam Newton played in that game? Exactly. On, Gary. That's all people want to talk about. But McCaffrey yeah, is Gary. the reason they won that game. Tell me P.J. Walker's stats that were great. Uh, he threw for 200 yards, a TD. 167 yards. Okay, threw for a TD. He had no touchdowns. He had literally – What? Yeah, okay, that's right. Okay. That's right. They brought Cam in so that Cam can get that stat instead of letting PJ Cam through. Yeah, because they didn't want they didn't want PJ. They wanted Cam so it, for the fan base. Same reason why they let Cam come in and run the ball instead of just handing McCaffrey to score. So, so I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give y'all. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm y'all both gonna hate me, but I don't give a damn. PJ Walker didn't play well today either. You do know McCaffrey led the team ten catches, correct? Uh, like sixty-eight yards or something like that. Anytime your running back is leading you in catches and in yards, then you're having a horrible day yeah, the, as a quarterback. So that, that's reason, that's what McCaffrey is. Though. I, I so I would disagree because when you're that running back is McCaffrey, that makes a difference. And I will also disagree because Mac Jones threw for one hundred and ninety yards and they blew out the Browns. 
So I think and he played. No, good you didn't. Game. You didn't hear me. Did did, did did the running back have ten catches yes. for sixty eight yards? Ramonde Stevenson was their leading receiver really? and their leading rusher. Oh wow, that's interesting. Okay. And he only threw for 190, and I would say he had a good game. Mac Jones threw for three touchdowns. Oh, uh, I I who? wouldn't call that a good game. Exactly. No, who? I'm not, no, I'm not doing that crap. Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones. <laughs> Come on, I think you gotta play along. If the whole thing is, I just think McCaffrey is what rejuvenated it, and then yeah. I think. That that's the thing. Obviously, if if they would have left PJ could have ran that ball in, and so and he could have thrown the touchdown, then they would have had two touchdowns, and you would be t- singing a different tune. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. My last, it's a long, it's a long, it's a long week. I mean, a my, long season. This is my long. This is my last question, and we can end the podcast. This is a really good question, in my opinion, and I don't care. How moving forward, I'm talking about as it relates right now. I'm going to ask you this question. I need your answer and why, and then we can end it. Is Odell Beckham Jr. right now a Hall of Famer? No. I'd have to to look at his stats, but I I, want to say probably not. Okay. Uh, just for everybody's clarification, the Panthers are five and five, the Steelers are five three and one, and the Packers are play for seven and three. I could be wrong. Could be eight and two. But you know uh, what's funny about that is it doesn't matter what their records are if they make the two. playoffs. Exactly. But I'm that's what I'm saying. Like you, you're telling me Carolina's going to go beat Green Bay? Not happening. We might not need to beat Green Bay. Green Bay might mm-hmm. lose to somebody else, and we just make it farther than them, and then I win the bet. Green Bay's gonna have the one seed. It's looking like. Okay. Well. So maybe. they're. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if y'all sneak in, you, y'all will be playing them if y'all can get past the first round. Can you admit that Green Bay didn't look that good today? Because they really didn't. They didn't look that great today. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Of course, Aaron Rodgers hadn't been there for a week and a half. Oh, <laughs> they still won seventeen nothing. Oh Lord, have mercy. Well. Was was there anything else y'all had, or are we done? We done no, with this now. I think that's good. I think that's good. We we just proved the point that fandom blocks clear vision. No, we're going back to the Super Bowl. We know that's obviously not true. You don't really truly believe that, but why? Because you just you rationally you can't. But do y'all do y'all make a side bet that the Panthers make the playoffs? No, we already have a bet on who makes yeah. the first. No, the part, I'll, make, I'll make whatever you want to bet on a side bet. They don't make it to the Super Bowl. I'm talking Time. about to the playoffs. You said you're going to the Super Bowl. Time. Well, we are going. Time. Well, since, since you don't want to end this podcast, I might as well go ahead and trigger you. You do realize <laughs> the best player in the NBA right now is Steph Curry, hands down. Not even close. Oh, yeah. My man's killing Not, not even close. I love it. Not I even love Steph close. Curry. So that's not triggering to me at all because I love Steph Curry. Not even close. Not even close. Like, LeBron I agree. might be top. Eight right now. Well, he hasn't been playing, so you're right. No, so he's probably less. Yeah. yeah, he's probably farther than you know. Carmelo's probably higher up on that chain right now. But once LeBron gets back, we'll see. But Steph Curry's that that man's an assassin from the three point line. Don't even try to mess uh, with me. Man, I I'd be him in a three point competition. Oh, so Lord, Gary. Let, hey, oh, let's do it. Which reminds me, we got to talk about y'all's bowling match. Oh, we do, but we got to do what Steph Curry do, man. 
we got to shoot from three and end this. <laughs> so well, you ain't going to let the people hear about, about, no, uh, man, we're good. Look, we're good. We, you, we ain't got to talk about that. Gary took his ass whooping. He took his ass whooping in the first game. Here's, here's the one thing I got to say about, this is what I got to say about this though, D'Angelo, and this is going to feed your ego probably a little bit too much, but like, Gary should feel so bad that he has his own bowling alley in his house and he still wasn't able to beat you in round who, one. Who says that was at my house? <laughs> oh, we, were we not supposed to say that was at your house? I'm Gary? just saying, who says that was at my house? We went to a bowling alley. I wasn't, I wasn't up to that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, was in, I was in Charlotte for that one. Oh, okay. Well, you have, that I was at D'Angelo's house. Okay, well, all right, let's say this. Uh, Gary has a bowling alley. You can, I can say you have a bowling alley at your house, and we're not saying that that's where you're at. I have a little mini bowling alley. Like, I have, like, the little eight-foot lane uh, for the kids. Or the giant arm. bowling pins you roll, like, the uh-huh. beach ball into. I have that, yeah. Wow, Gary. I mean, I mean, I mean, what are we trying to say? You got a bowling alley at your house, and you can't even beat D'Angelo at bowling? Come on. It's called luck. He got lucky. It, it happens. Don't worry. I got two more games to come back. It's all good. I will say though, I think I think Gary that you did get screwed out of one strike one time because of the pin setup. So that one where you left the ten pin, I think the the fact that it was on a string held it up. And if it was a normal that pin. probably happens quite a bit, and I because I hit the pocket so many times and <laughs> nothing wanted that because you it always say you got to hit in this little pocket, hit in this pocket. Well, I hit it there multiple times and they just all wouldn't fall, kept leaving one. Which this also reminds me, uh, since you guys are planning to come to Dallas, right, for WrestleMania, yes, can we go ahead and bookmark that because you keep evading that question in the chat. What question are we talking about? <laughs> if you guys are coming to Dallas for WrestleMania. Why would we not? We always go to WrestleMania. So we need to have – I want to lay down the challenge right now. Cinnamon versus sugar versus time. We're going to redo all of these challenges, and we're going to do an average Joe versus the former NFL athletes. That's, that's fine. You're running the 40 by yourself. Time. That's, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, I'll do all the ones I'll be bad at. We'll run the 40. I'll do the bench press. I'm not going to be terrible at bench press, but I'm not gonna, obviously probably going to be as strong as y'all. I'll do the bench press. I'm going to dominate y'all in a three-point contest. I'm going to dominate y'all in bowling. I'm going to dominate y'all. We should set up an escape room and see who can get out the quickest. That would be so, cool, too. So the only problem is you have uh, – you're in a bowling league. You do this for a living. <laughs> we don't. This is I would kick ass. I would kick your ass, Tom. Let's do it. We, we just pick it up and roll. We don't go practice all the time. Like I'm actually do. not currently in a bowling league because of the new baby. I'm out of that league, but I'm, I'm down. Dude, look, Ty. I went and filled in the other day. Ty, I bowled I, for the first I, time I, in six to... months, and I averaged 175, D'Angelo. Just let you know. Say that again? I, I bowled for the first time in six months the other day on a Monday. I filled in for somebody, and I averaged 175. Uh, I'm I, I'm I'm proud of you. So <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm gonna let you know this. That was my first game in three years, and I bowled 178. Okay, well let's do it let's with not even my ball. So I, yeah, no, bring, no, bring what. That's all I'm gonna say. And 178 I'm, ain't high enough. It ain't high I'm, enough. What I'm trying to figure out is why you almost you almost let Gary talk you into something again. He was like, just use that Cleveland ball whenever your ball didn't come back. I was like, no, D'Angelo ain't about to do something. <laughs> Dump Melson messed himself up because all I could see was you pick up that Cleveland ball, 
You've been so used to throwing that other one, and you do something, throw this one into the gutter, and then now you got pressure on you. I was like, D, don't do it. Don't fall for it again. <laughs> yeah. I, also I, I don't know too, what John. you're talking about. I don't play these mind games with him. Uh, you do. I also noticed <laughs> this time, you always like going back and doing it on your own. You don't like the pressure. Oh, I love the pressure. It's all different when you got pressure. He don't like the pressure of the crowd. He likes to go back and on his own. You know, the only person in here that thrives on pressure is me hitting those money balls with all that pressure on the line, and I just drain him to win. D D had a pretty money uh, strike there in the 10th frame on that first game, so. It was already over at that point, though. Nuh-uh. He had to get get 14 pins. He had to get a spare or a strike in that last frame, or else. He got lucky. He tried to use bumpers to start. Come on. <laughs> like he tried to cheat we, to start and think I wouldn't catch podcast? him. Can we end this? Can right. we end this? Well, how about this? Let our let our let our listeners go in, send us a message. If you got some sort of challenge, you want to see time dominate Sim and Sugar in when they come to Dallas next year, let us know. Write us an email, and then we will be back next week. You guys got another episode dropping this Friday, right? Yep. Yes. Game, game two. two of bowling. Yeah. Uh, and if you hadn't watched game one, go go check it out. Spoiler alert, Gary gets his ass whooped. But we will be back next week with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Do you want to say it since you're so eager? L-O-E. We out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 